right. Hey, everybody. John Magnuson Jr. with you here. Thank you for joining us for our Racing at Rockford show. We're down in the Racing at Rockford bar tonight here. Um, I'd like to welcome this evening's guest, the 2020 Bandit Series champion, Cody Armato. Cody, congratulations on winning that. How does it feel to be a champion on that real quick? It's a pretty good feeling, not expecting to do any of this. Just kind of came out to have fun this year and turned into leading the points and went on from there. All right, and sitting right next to you is our 2020 Bandit Figure 8 track champion, Wild Child, Nick Schneider. Congratulations, sir. Go ahead and grab that mic. Nick, how does it feel to be the Bandit Figure 8 track champion for 2020? Uh, it's always a good feeling being a champion. Um, it's it's really rewarding. All the hard work, you know, pays off. And uh, doing it three years in a row now, the only other person to do it is my dad. So I, I take that. Well, I don't think he was the only one, but... It's a good feeling to, to start matching some of his accomplishments. Very good deal. I'm going to get back to you guys in a little bit here. I got a few things to cover here to help pay the bills and all that good stuff. Um, the Racing at Rockford theme song, as you heard, is provided by OGMC. That is Old Gray Music Company, and live music is finally back into Rockford. Do you guys like live music If when you're not racing? Do you ever get down to any of the local bars and taverns and check out any live music? Do you have a favorite local band? If you do, go ahead and tell me in the mic who your favorite local band is. Well, I, I don't know about favorite local band. Yeah. Um, I've gone to the Rockford Market a couple times, and uh, actually uh, Nick Letzinger's wife, she's a performer, and I went and watched her one night. She's pretty good. Sure. I You know what? I used to bowl against them, and they kicked my butt. Yeah, <laughs> they sure did. Not my sport. <laughs> but, yeah, Dan Tritton is uh, the guy who runs Old Gray Music Company. Um, They have a guy in the band. I, I swear, when I first went and seen them, I thought it was Slash from uh, Guns N' Roses. You know, he had the he had the long hair, and and it wasn't Slash, but that was that was really cool. Um, ways to connect with us if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Our email is racing at rockford at gmail .com, or you can send us a message through through Facebook Messenger. Um, I'd like to take our first sponsor break here. Thank uh, Jane's Cafe for coming on, board, coming on board. I've got Jane's Cafe shirt, and I'm going to actually be going there for breakfast tomorrow morning. Have you guys ever ate at Jane's uh, Cafe before? Not yet, no. Do you know where it's at? Beloit. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where, though? Yeah, it's right next to a fireworks stand. I've actually eaten there before, you go. before the Frishes got into it. Yep, yeah. Cassidy and Charlie run. Cassidy runs that. She's... And then a uh, wicked Wanda Dobbs, she's uh, she's usually takes care of me when I go there, and I've had the sassy Cassie. I'd tell you guys to have that. I'm probably gonna have that tomorrow. I'm told I should try new things, but once I find something I really really like, I stay with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me pull up these comments here. They're gonna be on and off here. There we go. Everybody checking in, saying hi. I'll check in with you guys in a little bit here on that. Um, also, um, one of my sponsors. This is. This is hard, everybody. Um, as you, you all know by now, um, last Monday, um, Jimmy A., a 59-year employee of the Rockford Speedway, went to be with the Lord, and it, it just, his spirit is here with us now. I, I was very thankful to have him on the show. Um, you know, you gentlemen were both at the banquet last night, and and that video, that tribute video that we that that Kyle Adams and Misfit Productions did for Jimmy A. I, guys, I got that two days ago or two days before the banquet, and I I 
it took me, I, I mean, I bawled my eyes out. I mean, that was a very emotional uh, video. Did you guys, did you guys feel the emotion just watching that video? Oh, yeah. I mean, Jim, Jimmy's an icon to the sport, in my opinion. I mean, he was out there a long, long time. He did a lot for the track and with NASCAR. I mean, he really was deep into the roots. So he was a, he was a big person out there to me. What would you say your, your fondest memory of Jimmy A is? I mean, he was a, photographer he was an announcer he he sold popcorn that was before I, my I was time. also told he was a teacher he was my football coach <laughs> so yeah. to me I never felt comfortable saying Jimmy A one time I called him by his name and when it came out of my mouth I just thought this doesn't sound right he's always coach to me and when that video came on last night the first word that came up was coach and I just immediately lost it when that happened, but yeah, he was, he was a, uh, I think it was a shop teacher, a wood teacher, uh, over at Auburn high school and a lot of, a lot, he knows a lot of students, but what would you say your favorite memory would be of Jimmy A? Well, without a doubt. I mean, before I started racing, I was really helping Jimmy out a lot with, uh, bringing trophies from up at the top. The older he was getting, it was kind of hard for him to get up on the wall at the finish line. So I'd come down from the stands open the gate, shut it behind me. I'd grab the trophy off the wall and I'd actually jump down and bring it to everyone the feature. And then it was pretty neat because I got to take pictures with all the winners. So, I mean, I, like I have a picture with John Logan Jr. at short track back when he was running Roadrunners. So that that's pretty huge to me because he was a really good driver and he was fast and now he's up in sportsman. So it's, you know, I actually know some really good race car drivers. Yeah. What about you, Cody? What's your fondest memory? Did you, you, you kind of came onto the racing scene a little more recently. Did you, do you remember Jimmy A? Did you, did he ever do any photos for you or anything like that? I don't think he ever did any photos. I'm pretty new to the Speedway. I came out at Speedway in 15 with Nick, but I always looked forward to the prayer before the race and them yeah. kind of things. Never really had like one-on-one -on -one interactions with him. Just kind of seen him around. Knew he was a big part of the Speedway and respectable man i'm gonna uh hopefully take some of the things he said during the invocation and there's you know i did the invocation twice last year and it was like hey john we need you to do the invocation uh, do do what, do what? <laughs> exactly that's how it Coming was in. um we we have a visitor from far away um nick you actually know this guy very well chris rombo saying hello from new york um nick i believe you raced against him at spectacular drag and you had this really fast cadillac cts v <laughs> that um well i never thought i'd see that car do that but that was one of my favorite cars ever but he had a very fast car since he just since i'm just talking about this before i even get in the interview Tell us about that uh, uh, smoky night. <laughs> well, uh, everyone knows that I drive my equipment really hard. And even it being a street car, you know, I'm going to drive it the same way I drive a race car. So um, knowing that he was coming down from New York, I don't know that he knows this. I used to watch YouTube videos a lot. I have seen videos of him racing in spec drags out in New York or oh, wow. somewhere. Like there's actually videos of him racing in spec drags. So for him to come back and tell us that he's been watching our videos out there, and then he came here to do it. Yeah. I think that's awesome. As far as the Cadillac, it was probably hurt. I mean, the motor wasn't – something was wrong when I went there that night, but since he was there, I couldn't baby it. I mean, without and him there, I think I probably would have won the whole thing. So yeah. I had to run it a lot harder against him, and it, it didn't keep up and with You me. weren't giving – any any leeway whatsoever you were gonna race him like you drive race cars weren't you and that's exactly what you did 
Yeah, sometimes you got to learn to lift, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that one racing team out at Rockford Speedway called Never Lift Motorsports. Uh, yeah, but Chris Rombo checking in, saying hello from New York, along with a lot of other people. Yeah, Chris Rombo just says, how's the caddy? Go figure. <laughs> sold it. <laughs> so it's, it's sold, Chris. It's sold. Um, also, um, Magnus and Landscaping, as the snow is now melting, um, uh, your lawn care will be uh, up for, uh, had to have that taken care of next. Magnus and Landscaping does salting, plowing, and your lawn care. They cover the areas of Rockford, Deloitte. Give Russ a call at 815-315-7819. And um, Windsor Pizza Parlor, the official pizza of the Rockford Speedway and racing at Rockford. Um, and they have, have, have either one of you guys ever had Windsor uh, Pizza Parlor's Italian beef? I think I have actually. Oh it's, man. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, all of their food's good, honestly, but. I try to go there each time and try something new. Um, every time we've had the show there, I go there and, you know, something different. Um, I've had the chicken bacon ranch, the pizza. I think the pizza tastes better at Windsor Pizza than it does at the track. And and Steve acknowledged that. We're, we're going to talk with Steve next week. I've got to do another interview with Steve Blake because our first interview that we did with him was so bad. We did, we had different equipment then, and I mean, oh, it was a real learning experience. So we're going to have Steve on, I think, next week. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Yeah. Uh, Irene and Todd Armato checking in saying Nick is professional. And Charlie Frisch saying, hi, John, Nick, and Cody. <laughs> and Chris Rombo says, I'll be back again. So, and that's awesome. Yeah, you get to challenge him again. Well, um, I might have to borrow someone else's car. <laughs> I don't have one fast sorry, enough for you. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, poll question of the show. What we're going to try to do is have our – our technical department put the poll question of the show up. All right, just I'm just out of just out of curiosity. I kind of put this together at the last second because really wanted to focus on the recap from the banquet, which we're going to get into next. Um, poll question of the show. Just it's a yes. It's a it's a uh, one or two answer question. Um, should the spring classic be on a Saturday or a Sunday? Cause I know they're looking at, they haven't set the date for it just yet because they're deciding maybe we should do it on a Saturday and have Sunday for the rain date. Uh, Nick, Cody, what do you think it should be? Should the spring classic be on a Saturday or a Sunday? Personally, I like tradition and I believe it's always been on a Sunday and I like that. I understand some people travel from far away and you know, they don't want to have to drive home on a Monday or a Sunday night, but I do like that. Cause then the guys that are out of town, if they have to work on a Friday, you know, they have an extra day to get there. Yep. So I really like that. And I, w I would say, keep it on a Sunday. Okay. What about you, Cody? How do you feel? What do you think? A Saturday or Sunday for uh, the spring classic? I think a Saturday would be, kind of cool to have a Sunday rain date, but at the same time, it's kind of tradition to have it on a Sunday, so do like a Sunday. Just keep it Sundays. Why, why switch it if it's been like that forever? Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I just want to see racing. If, if it's going to rain on Sunday, let's have it on Saturday. Definitely. Um, now, I want to tell you, we've got some interesting comments that are coming up here. I, I, I love reading comments. That's one thing I, I love about you guys, you know, chiming in. I'm going to get to your comments. Um, some of them I have here. A lot of people checking in and say hi. Uh, let me back this up here. Okay, so uh, Doug Nicewanger saying, Nick, who is the person you always love racing against? 
Who would you say? Dougie's asking you that. Um, I think that that's difficult to answer. It's going to depend on what class we're running. But if I really have to pick one, yeah, there's so many good drivers. Um, this year I thought might have been my favorite running against Kelly, Kelly Evink, and then Kyle Stark, George Sparkman. I mean, there's just so many good ones. If if I have to pick one, I'll just say George Sparkman because you know he's got so much experience, so many you know. Trophies Let's, and championships. Okay, I don't have that on my interview for you yet, but I want to bring that up. National Short Track Championships this past one. It was you laden and Sparkman made the move. He didn't want to do you dirty, and I loved how you guys talked after the race. And you know, I mean, God, I don't, I don't even know what time, what year he started racing, but I have an eighty, I have a yearbook from '85, and he's in the 1985 yearbook in the Miller Lite American Short Trackers. Um, definitely a veteran. Yeah, George Sparkman, he's been running those Mustangs since before Jesus was born. So, you know, the, the guy's the best there is in him, and it's plain and simple. And running against him that day, I mean, that's – honestly, I, I would go to his shop as a kid. I'd ride my bike down the street, and I'd go in there and watch him work on his car. So to finally race against him, for me, that's huge. Were it's you, just a whole were, other level. Were you, are you ever, like, nervous racing against these people you've always idolized? Um, I wouldn't say I'm nervous when I'm, like – sitting in the car or pull out on the track. But when you're leading a race and you see a guy like that in your mirror and you don't know if you can hold him off, yes, you get nervous. I, I would. I would. <laughs> um, okay, next next one here. Dana Lapierre has a comment for you guys, for you. Now, All right, so so right now you guys have a narrow lead. Um, Sunday is barely holding off Saturday, so that's good. You guys are a 50-50 mix. Dana Lapierre checking in, telling you, Nick, thank you for bringing the warm weather back from Florida. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. I brought it back just a couple hours before the banquet. <laughs> Teresa Neighbor, Neighbor checking in, saying so proud of you both. Jeff Hetherington saying, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, let's see, Dana Lapierre saying about Saturday as we'll keep it going. Um Okay, um, Nick, if you had to race Cody Armado for the championship for a figure eight championship, would you wreck him for the win? No, but you raced his car, so <laughs> let's just let's use that scenario. You let's say you were using his car and the cha it's championship night and there's a and, and it's whoever's gonna win is gonna win the championship, and whoever's gonna get second is not gonna jumped. win. So what's going to happen? My answer is going to be the same thing I'd say to everybody else. When I pull on the track, I'm trying to win. So it doesn't matter if it's Cody in the car. I'm not seeing Cody. I just see a car. So I'm going to do what I have to do to win. And if I have to wreck a guy to beat him, I mean, if it's a plane out, dump somebody in the fence, I'm not going to do it. I've never done that. I do, ride, I do drive aggressive. I have bumped people. I've maybe doored a guy for a win. So, yeah, I'd door him. I'd door him. I'd shove him up the hill maybe a little bit but I'm not going to turn him in the fence. That's good. Um, Steve Blake is saying, hey, they both made it, so that was good. Yeah, Thanks for checking in, Steve Blake from Windsor Pizza. Now, he had a really 
cool oh, tuxedo suit. the suit last night. Oh, he had it, he was bringing and representing Windsor Pizza Parlor last night. That was so awesome. He had a few people from Windsor Pizza Parlor there as well, which was good. Um, everybody, I'm going to get into the banquet now. There are there is no big eight late model news. Nothing nothing on the uh, no schedule release for that. No schedule release for Rockford Speedway. Um, our season opener scheduled for Saturday uh, Saturday night May eighth, which you guys going to be ready by then to do that? Well, Cody probably will be. I mean, Cody's way – Cody actually works on his stuff. You know, I mine's been sitting all winter, and we just pulled – well, I didn't even do it. Dave Wagner pulled the motor out yesterday before the banquet. Really? Yeah. yeah and we're going we're gonna to get into that during your interview. But, okay, so I want to get into – I'm going to check the comments here as we go because they, they disappear for a minute, and then they come back. There they are, right there. Um. So, yeah, we had Josh Smith says, hell yes, Nick would wreck him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, so you see, Greg, Greg wasn't at the banquet last night. He's like, Nick, will you return to racing this year? We'll, we'll get into that. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But at the banquet last night, for those of you who weren't able to make it, there were like, um, we had a good crowd. Um, I think I heard the numbers are like 290 people. There's six rooms they had plenty of room we weren't you know breaking code or anything like that you know it was a it was a great night um i'm i'm privileged to be able to be the host of that i mean like last year was my first year ever going to one of those so i had a better idea this year but for all of you that didn't know um mrs deary jody deary wasn't able to actually be at the event last night because she's been in an assisted living facility and she did uh, do a drive-by where she brought they, they brought her from where she's staying at to the parking lot and all the 2020 champions you guys got to go out there what uh, Cody if you would talk about this what exactly happened so because I know I was told to send you guys to the hallway what happened from there talk into the mic though they, they brought her in a car and uh, they opened the door and let us all take pictures with us and she congratulated us for our championship and we just had a couple minutes to share with her, and it's pretty cool. I I wish I could have got to see her. I mean, when they you know when they decided to make the announcement last year, and she took that last ride around, man, that was that was an emotional night. You know, I seen a lot of tears in a lot of people's eyes, and I, I definitely am looking forward to seeing Mrs. Deary back. I I want to see her come back this year. Okay, so uh, got some more questions here for you. Um, let's see. Well, Lisa, Lisa Diane's asking um, what divisions are racing May 8th. The schedule's not out, Lisa, so just hang tight with that. Uh, let's see, somebody else. Okay, Austin Fowler decided to chime in. Nick isn't afraid to use the bumper. Well, more than once in a single race, at least. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, Nick, Justin Tyler talking about the banquet here. Um, but, so, yeah, um, I'm just going to go into the, the fun stuff that we had. Um, the thank yous and whatnot. And we, after we started our, our, our opening video, there was a tribute video done to Jimmy A. And that was the, to me, that I knew that was going to be a really hard part. And so David Deary and I talked about it. And he's like, how about if I lead into that? And I'm like, I think that's a great idea because my, my tissues were out. Um, Kyle Adams, I mean, what did you think about that video? Video was awesome. They did a great job. 
Um, we also said, you know, I mean, we lost quite a few people last year. We lost Scarlett, uh, Scarlett Lundy, Josh Lundy's daughter, uh, Nancy Vittori, Dan Carlson, Nick Cena Sr., and Les Wagner. We also named them. We took a moment of silence for those people just, just to name a few. Um, we went then after that, we went through our 10th to 6th place finishers, starting with the Sixers division all the way down to the late models. And then we went into a thrills and spills video, which I, I like listening to all of you guys because that's what a thrills and spills video is for anybody that's not been to the banquet before. That's where you watch people cause all the wrecks. You get to see people who wrecked out the other person and the things that are said, and you hear everybody going, oh, wow, and you hear everybody laughing. I mean, did, did you guys enjoy the thrills and spills video that, that Kyle Adams and Misfit Productions put together? I did. I don't think Cody did. <laughs> I was pretty much in every video getting spun out or getting crossed up. It was, it was pretty ugly. Me but, and Randall were stars. But I'm <laughs> the one that goes out and wrecks everybody. I wasn't in the videos. Uh, yeah, Mark Conning saying awesome video. Trevor Robinson saying, why'd you leave the party early, Nick? Missed me doing karaoke. Because <laughs> you had to be here, right? <laughs> well, actually, we went to another party. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Should have seen the dance moves. Fowler and, uh, Austin Fowler and Justin Wagner had a shot party, and it was actually a good turnout. There was lights and I was supposed to go to it, but I was tired, and Beer Man was mad at me. I'm sorry. I had to come home. Um Sure. So, so I want to tell you, a uh, part of our racing at Rockford technical team is my stepson Kobe Nottingham and um, Jimmy A's son Jimmy Ambroso Jr. And he's not here today uh, because of actually his daughter's birthday, which he let me know even before his dad had passed away. But he's got a lot going on, and Jimmy A has just really been picking up things. I've I got to call him something else because Jimmy A for the Rockford Speedway fans will always be. Jimmy A. I'll have to call him Jimmy Jr. or something like that. We'll we'll have to work on that, but Jimmy A. Jr. and, and Kobe are our technical guys, and they help us keep the show running um, with the bad equipment and with the great equipment, but it, it's, it's definitely been a great job that they've done so far. Um, after we watched the video, we did our Faster Than Speedy Bullet uh, uh, winners, which in the short trackers, it was Kelly Evink in the Sportsman, it was Trevor Robinson, and in the Stanley Steamer Late Models, it was John Rolls Jr. They had tallied up all of the uh, fast times that they had. Um, Trevor Robinson had seven fast times. I mean, that's... Have either one of you ever had that fast time and ever won that Faster Than Speeding Bullet award before? I haven't, no. I've only ever gotten two fast times. They're both on dirt, so no, I'm I'm not much of a qualifier. I'm not a sandbagger, but I'm not a qualifier. And for those guys to go out there and do that, in my opinion, that means that they are the fastest guys at the track. So when you yeah. accomplish that, that is huge, and be proud of that. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's a big giant bullet too that they hold, which is awesome. Um, after that, dinner was served. After that, we went into the Fan Choice Awards. These were open to anyone associated with the Rockford Speedway. Winners of these awards were nominated and voted upon by the Rockford Speedway competitors, crews, and fans. Some of the truly toughest critics anywhere. And that's, boy, that's an understatement. So our first one was the Extra Lap Award, which was his or her fans, crews, uh, fellow competitors, and sponsors are more important than the checkered flag. And the winner for that was Ashley Matz. 
Uh, Diamond in the Rough Award, that's an award for the driver who gets a chance to sparkle in the limelight. Morgan Mausehund, that races HSRA, she received that award. The Teflon Award, this award... Uh, the winner of this award is not intimidated by negative publicity, comments, or rumors. Remains calm, cool, and collected. And uh, Todd Snow won that one. Have either one of you ever won that award before? I have not. Have you? Have you been nominated for it before? Haven't you, Nick? I don't. Honestly, the the banquets are sometimes a blur. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm learning that as we go here, being my second one. Um, the next award was the Persevere. Uh, yeah, so I said Todd Snow won the Teflon Award. I don't think I've ever seen Todd Snow mad before. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Never. Yeah, pretty calm guy. Yeah. Big hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, the Perseverance Award, just when you think they're done, they're back. The winner of that was Kelly Evink. The Outrageous of Fortune Award was sometimes good, sometimes bad, but always unbelievable. The winner of that one was, where did it go? Because, yeah, we switched pages four. Ah, there it is right there. The winner of that one was Garrett Braden. Then we had the Figure Eight Iceman Award, No Fear, Cool as Ice. Now, you were nominated for that award. Um, what is that award all about? You told me I need to ask you about that. So let's, Nick, let's talk about the Figure Eight Iceman Award, No Fear, Cool as Ice. All right. So for that to be the only award for Figure Eight, I, I find it huge because obviously I think everyone knows by now that nobody is more invested in figure eight than me. I have more passion for it than anyone. I think that's ever been at the track. Um, I think the word stands for uh, no fear, you know, your blood's ice cold or something, something like that. And they, they gave it to Charles Shork. I'll, I'll tell you that, but uh, I, I disagree with it. And not because I feel I should have got it. Gary Jeske by far won that award. He's the only one that made contact in the X and, I mean, it was one of the most solid, perfect tee hits I've ever seen. So to give it to someone who's never been in a wreck, to a guy that actually showed no fear and did that, I think he got robbed. Yeah, I I don't I, – I know with the voting process, I don't know if you can vote more than once. You should only vote once. I know I voted on everything, but, yeah, the – the, the nominees for that award were Nick Schneider, Stefan Hillary, Charlie Shork, and Jeremy Watson. And, and Charlie Shork, yeah, Gary, Gary Jeske wasn't even in that. But I will tell you, there's a show coming up that I do have Mikey Mahurin and Gary Jeske on the same show. And we're going to relive that figure eight wreck. We're, <laughs> that's going to be a good one. Um, next award we had was the Rock of, Gibral the Rock of Gibraltar Award. That is the person who stands firm on his or her beliefs, and the winner of that was Eric Bennett, and I remember everybody was real excited about that. Um, the Red Solo Cup Award, Proceed to Party, and I, I didn't see this one coming because Beer Man was a top nominee, but Rita Frisch won <laughs> that award. <laughs> that is so, well-deserved. <laughs> so how about that? Um, the Sharing Award was next for the person willing to share tools, parts, Cars, experience, and time, and the Irish Hulk, Ryan Smith, got that. I thought that was pretty cool there. Um, then we went on to our crazy games, and I don't even know what to say. I actually saved, you guys, I saved the rules for the games because they were some insane stuff. You guys had to do that thing called the Nutcracker where you had to take lug nuts, 
and and not stack them on top of one another like this, but stack them sideways on top of that. That that was really hard, that's wasn't it? Some of the lug nuts okay, had yeah, welding right. slag on them, so they weren't even flat. Really, it was, it was pretty fun. <laughs> it was like, how do you do this? You had to rotate it to a two clean sides and deal with yeah. Oh, yeah, we should have had some better lug nuts. Yeah, who won that one? I don't remember who won the one that you were in, Cody. I'm not sure. I was too focused on oh, trying to stack lug nuts. Well, I, I know the other guy that's sitting next to me won his contest. Um, Every time you'd get more than five, the guy next to you would drop his and shake the table, and it was over. Yeah, and that ain't even right. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to stack them ten And we all high. were like, like shoulder to shoulder fighting over our little stick. Was, yeah, you guys had to stack them 10 lug nuts high with this stack, a uh, little stick. It was crazy. Yeah, so Nick, that's right. You were in the Middle Light American Short Tracker competition, and you did the separation anxiety, and that's where you had to use one hand and, and grab the M&M one at a time, and he had to do 75 M&Ms. My God. And you were you were closest to me, so you're like, you were moving really, really fast. If you, I think there's a video out there. If you watch that video, you can tell with without even having to to look at everybody. I was by far the fastest one in that, and I think that just shows that I'm the brokest one up on the stage because I needed to win that money. <laughs> How much did you win, Nick? Uh, it was two hundred and fifty dollar gift certificate, so that's all going to go towards race cars. Oh, very very good. Let's see. I got some more questions here coming in. Let's see. Let me go back. Uh, Chris, let's see. Uh, let me back up a little bit. Hang on, guys. Um. Irene, okay, she was asking what was the date that the caddy died, and then Chris Rombo, of course, he checked in and said September nineteenth. Um, <laughs> of course, of course, Chris would check in and say it. Yeah, okay. Stephen Hillary said Eric Pearson won for the Bandits, so that's who won that. That's right. And then Casey McAllister says with a motor held together with mighty putty. So uh, oh, he's he's referring to my dad. Okay, all right. Um, so once we got through all of our games. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Then we went to our champions video, and um, in the bandits, we counted them down from three, two, one, and we went. Obviously, Nick Schneider. I mean, could you give a rundown of your speech real quick? Do you remember some of the things that the people that weren't able to be there that could hear you, what you so you said? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, the banquets are a bit of a blur, and so every year I write a speech, and I have stage fright, so there's no way I'm going on that stage without having a couple. I'm just gonna say that. And uh, every time I write one, I, I get a certain way down, and then I, I lose track of where I'm at. So then I, I still forget stuff. I write stuff down, I still forget it. So this year I tried something different. Susie said, you know, just just do it from your heart. And honestly, that's what I did, and I think it might have been my best speech yet. I still did forget some people, so I do want to give a shout-out to my cousin Terry. He just moved back from out of state. He's actually out He was out in Oregon. So this is his first year, I think, ever even working on race cars, and he's there every single week. I mean, that's 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 huge, and I didn't thank him. So thanks, Terry. There you go. Yeah, um, I, I find that it, it's always better to go with your heart because you, you're going to say stuff that just you're just feeling it as it comes out, and I, I, I believe that way all the way out. Um, our high school racing association champion was uh, Zach Hawkins. He was very, very grateful, and he got a picture with him and Tyler Vincentich and Douglas Nikes, Douglas. Nice Schwanger. I went to say Dougie and Douglas, and it came out whatever it was. <laughs> but that was a good picture of them. And then we went and did the, uh, let's see, from there, they went into the late model top eight finishers or top five, I'm sorry. And wait a minute here. I'm on the wrong page. No, 
There we go. What am I talking about? Is it a Seven. Is it a blur for you? Too? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They went. They went into big eights. I'm like, what's going on here? Because it should have been, you know, after HSRA. I forgot though. So Max Kaler received his big eight um, award and his trophy, and he had the longest list of sponsors I've ever heard. And I and I said this at the banquet. Every time he qualified, I could not get through all of his sponsors before he got done qualifying. I just I just can't do it. I tried, and I would go as fast as I possibly could. It just wasn't happening. Howie Ware, however many sponsors Howie Ware had, I could just get him in, right, as I just could get him in. But after that, we went into original Sixers. It was Dallas Conniff, who was your champion. He gave a nice short speech. Um, and the Bandits, and Cody Armato sitting right across from me is your 2020 Bandit champion. Cody, do you do you remember what you said? If you could tell everybody that's listening tonight that wasn't at the banquet, uh, what you said? Oh, I wrote a speech, but I read like the first line and lost where I was, and it was just <laughs> downhill from there. Uh, pretty much, I just started my year just messing around. I bought this car out of a barn in Wisconsin and yeah. heard through the grapevine that it'd been at Rockford before, and I think Charlie was in on building it, and so was Nelson and. Char- had, Charlie Frisch. Yes. Okay. It just had some history, and I was like, I'll see what it is. Who's, who's Nelson now? Who are you talking Ryan about? Nelson. Oh, Ryan Nelson. Ryan Nelson. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So I just figured out, see what this car has. And I went out, thought it was a rocket ship. Nick said, you're two seconds slower than the field. <laughs> I was like, great. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, same, boy. <laughs> same story as last year with the orange car. Come into a corner and trailing arms falling off the thing. So Nick kept saying, do this, do that. And I'm like, no, I like it. It's tight. I like it. Leave it alone. Yeah. Nick wasn't taking that. He said, no, we're doing this. Shake the springs out of it. So threw some springs in it, and first time I went out, I said, this thing's junk. And he goes, well, that's cool because you ran a 16.4. And I was like, wow. Looked at the time, and I was like, you, this thing's. You ran 16.4 flat? No. It was okay. like 16.4 and some change. Okay, it, right. was a, it was a high 16.4, but that was the first time I've ever done it. And so we started playing with tire pressures more and figured out I could do it. And I never got to a 16.4. I was always a 16.6, 16.7. Kind of mid-pack. Well, finally got the car handling mid-season, and it really came around. I actually started driving up towards the front and All right. figuring out how to race versus trying to get by this guy in figure eight, which is summed impossible. Well, our, our show tonight, we're already in about 43 minutes. It went by just like that. Like I said, it's going to go a little longer tonight, and that's because I wanted to cover the banquet for those of you who weren't able to be at the banquet. But, I mean, this was your first championship, wasn't it? It was my first actual season running a full season. And I'm gonna, we'll talk about that when I get to your interview, but I've got a few more things to cover here before we get into that. So after, after you gave your speech, we went into the Kickstart Roadrunners, and Justin Wagner was our champion, went into the Miller Lite American Short Trackers. Sean Bauer was your champion, and um, he's always interesting when he comes on stage, to say the least. He forgot to thank his wife. Uh, no, no, yeah, oh. I think he covered that, um, yeah, in depth, with interest. Um, then it was our Bargain Hunter Sportsman Champion, Trevor Robinson, and he had a very big speech. It was well, you know, put together, and that was that was a really nice speech that he did. Um, then it was our Stanley Steamer Late Model Champion, which was Driver X, John Reynolds Jr., and I don't know if you guys saw, but he did something special this year. You know, the coats that you guys have, he actually gave his coat and had them letter it for his tire man, Chris Sorensen. It didn't say. He had it covered up with Tate. It had it covered up. They had it covered up. And so 
That's why he asked Chris Sorensen to come up on stage. And I mean, I don't know. I, I was trying to t- try to pick up like if Chris knew that he that was going to be happening or not. I don't know if he knew it or not. He might have, but to see that you know they had it covered with tape, I thought was pretty cool. Definitely. Um, after that happened, guys. Um, they went into some more Fan Choice Awards. Driver Development Award went to Mark Conning. That's for the newer driver in any division most likely to take the next step. That's the South Elgin High School shop teacher. The Accounting 101 Award, that's the person that has Terry Gerke on speed dial. And Chris Sorensen, the tire guy for Driver X, won that. And then the Always There Through Hell and High Water Award, you can always count on this person to be there. And Windsor Pizza's own Steve Blake won that. So congratulations, Steve, for doing that. Uh, the Entertainment Award, exciting to watch on and off the track. And you were nominated for that. And let me find the page I was at, 7, 8, and I got to go to page 9. And it was Seth Hansen that ended up winning, though. I was kind of shocked on that because I, I kind of thought you were going to win that. Um, did you think you were going to win that award? Did you know you were nominated for it? No, I, I didn't know I was nominated. I mean, there's a lot of stories, and, and I do have my fair share of experiences. But uh, Seth's a pretty wild guy. If you know him, I mean, I he, he probably deserved it more than me. <laughs> Mikey Mahern checking in saying, hey, guys, uh, Chris Page saying congratulations to both of you. Terry Nyber checking in saying, appreciate it, Nick. But how sour is he over how nice Kobe, uh, Cody, let me try this again. Let me try this again. Terry Nyber saying, appreciate it, Nick. But how sour is he over how nice Cody's first few trophies are compared to his? A bit of a soft spot, I think. Nick was pretty upset. My first, <laughs> my first feature, I got a pretty nice three-legged trophy, and out of his whole five championships, he's got like one. Okay, all right. Uh, Justin Tyler is asking. Uh, let me go where they go. You know what? I got to keep hitting this thing here. Let's see. Actually, there we go. You have like trophies. Justin Tyler is asking how stressful was watching points, Cody. I kept an eye on mine. Oh, come on, this stupid thing. Okay, there it is. I kept an eye on mine and the Sixers. However, that's another story. Was it stressful watching points, Cody? I was just winging it till like three weeks to go. And so uh, Bennett actually messaged me on Facebook saying they're coming for the lead. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I run up to the front and look, and I'm first in points. And I was like, oh, a points leader. Now I see why Bennett's texting me already. I mean, we weren't even out of the pits yet, and I was already getting messages. We're coming for that points lead back. And I said... Oh, boy, I better start trying. So I just tried going for fast qualifier, just screwed myself up more and went slower, which oh no, ended up I ended up halfway up through the front starting, and they always thought I was sandbagging, but I was just putting too much pressure on myself and stepping on it, as Nick would say. Yeah, Steve, Steve Blake just checking in, thanking us for the mention. We are Windsor. We can do anything. Oh, where did it go? There it goes. Just say yes. You know what, Steve? You're awesome, man. You you know, sponsoring the show. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this because you sponsor the show, but the Italian beefs are, if you've not had one, I'm telling you, nobody has told me they suck. Not one person. And I tell you everybody, be honest with me. If they suck, tell me they suck. 
But you got to have them with cheddar. I like them better with cheddar than mozzarella. That's all I'm saying about that. Back onto the awards because we're uh, we're going to keep rolling right along here. Um, I'm I'm trying to take this three hour award show that went a little over three hours, and we're trying to knock it out in you know those 45 minutes or so. But um, the Days of Thunder Award is hits everything on the track except the pace car. Neither one of you were nominated, by the way. The winner was Stefan Hillary that got that award, and then there was the Dukes of Hazard Award, which gets the most airtime. All four wheels off the track, and we had a. I I I forgot he this happened to him, but Eric Jennings, I think he drove your car as well, yeah. and he received that award. How did he feel since he's not here? Can you speak for him, Eric? He's a good guy. I worked with him, and he always kind of got on me. He's like, "Why don't you win? Why are you always in the middle of the pack?" This was last year in my orange car, and I said, "You know what? You think it's so easy? Here's a car. Come try it." Well, every week he piled that thing up. If there was a wreck on the track, he was driving into it. And, you know, he's learning. I just kept my mouth shut, and I was just like, my poor car. But he always made sure it was ready for the next race. And when he ran over Mike Mahern going into turn one, I was like, oh, my God. I got to get my name off that car. Yeah. But Eric will be back next year. He deserved that award, I feel. He was he was happy. He had a big smile on his face. Definitely. The next award was the Newman Award, and that spent more time on the hook than on the track. And the tow truck crew keeps uh, uh, the tally of that. They, they're the one who does it. And they said that the, um, the person with the most hooks last year, it was close, they said. And, and it was between Kurt Nyswanger, Mikey Mahurin, and Tyler Vincitich, and Garrison Jeske. And the winner with four hooks was legendary Garrison Jeske. I bet you that was that figure eight that put the nail in the coffin for him that's for sure or i shouldn't say it that way that's that's not good um that was the rollback (laughs) yeah that's for sure um the next award up there was the hard luck award and that some awards just don't need to be described mikey maherin won that award and then it was the uh people's choice award and that award recognizes the person that may not always be the fastest doesn't always run to the front but he or she loves short track auto racing and just wants to race the fans and their competitors notice and embrace about this person and these are the people that were nominated for it they had james amundred douglas nicewanger Mike Shipman and Ashley Matt and oh my gosh, the guy that drives the 92 Chrysler Imperial, Mike Shipman, wins that award. <laughs> so congratulations to Mike Shipman having that. We thanked uh, Kyle um, uh, Kyle Adams and Misfit Productions quite a few times and everybody else that did their stuff. Um, we had our rookie awards, our rookie of the year for uh, Big 8 Late Models was Mitch Haver. He did come to National Short Track Championships. That was the only time this last year. He drove a orange and blue and white number 13 car. Um, he got the rookie of the year for Big 8s. Uh, American Short Trackers, which you you had a battle for that for that you know, Miller Lite American Short Tracker Rookie of the Year. Is that something you really wanted, Nick, this last year? Yeah, because you only get one shot at it. So, I mean, I really wanted it, but it just wasn't our year. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And you, and you were top five, man. I mean, it, it was – it's really something that we had a rookie, you know, win the division this year in the Miller Lite American Short Trackers. That was really something. Um, so Sean Bauer was the rookie of the year for the middle light American short trackers, uh, and the late model rookie of the year was Willie Nelson. And they got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Max Kaler also getting some extra awards from the, excuse me, UNOH youth achievement award. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. 
Uh, moving on to the next page. Uh, the now the big awards. I didn't. I didn't announce those. That's when David Deary uh, took over from there. And the Gold Wrench Award went to Jerry Lemke. For those of you who don't know who Jerry is, he is the owner of Jammer Motors, and you know that guy's. He's been around a while, and that was a really. I think a wrench was like what, like like this big. <laughs> it was a big wrench. Cool trophy. The Stan Burdick Memorial Award, and and I was really glad to see this. Um, George Bone won that and he was so emotional nick i mean he he had tears in his eyes on the stage yeah and that that's awesome george that's that's huge for him that that's huge for anybody and and i think a lot of people there were really really proud and happy for him yeah definitely um our rockford speedway sportsman of the year award um he he was the sponsor of our kona challenge this year and that was david thomason runs thomason machine works um Great guy. I've had a chance to talk to him. He actually, uh, his door panel's right over there. So definitely a great guy, but well-deserving of it. And then the Jody Deary Award of Excellence went to my radio CB guy, Jerry Perryman, who actually helped me with my legend back in 2008, put it on the scale and tried to see if we could make it a little better. But, yeah, Jerry Perryman getting that. If you ever get a chance to see Jerry, stop by Jerry's CB and tell him Racing at Rockford sent you and get your CB looked at. Um, so we covered all that stuff there, and that was basically the entire awards banquet. Anything else you guys want to add? Ultimate Karaoke came in there, and they were playing a bunch of tunes. I, I ducked out a little early. Um, it was past my bedtime, um, but I ducked out a little early. Um, anything else you want to add to the uh, banquet, guys? Um, I just want to tell everyone they did a great job. I mean, Misfits did a phenomenal job on the banners. I mean, I think those are the best ones I've ever seen, and it was just a really well-put-together show. Yeah, definitely. What about you, uh, Cody? Anything you want to add to the banquet at all? It's definitely the best banquet I've been to so far. The banner is pretty cool, being in full color, matching the cars. Yeah. Uh, the video was put together very nice for Jimmy. Just all around, it was good. good show. The food was good this year, and good time. Yeah, oh, the, the and there's no leaving early when you go with Nick. <laughs> the beer was phenomenal. What, <laughs> what time did you guys leave at? Let me ask. I got Do you home know? About three. Three? Okay. <laughs> and they're here. <laughs> Barely. Um, okay. So now we're going to get into the interview, everybody. I've got an interview here. I've got questions for both of them. They're not the same question. Not the same questions. Following the questions, I've got a prize. The, the prize today, we're going to give away a $25 gift certificate to Windsor Pizza Parlor. So stay tuned here. I've got some questions for the guys. There's 10 to 11 questions for each of them uh, somewhat, and we'll try to get through them. We're about almost an hour into the show, so I'm going to try to rock these out a little bit, and maybe we can be done in about 30 minutes or so. Um, also had one person checking in here with a comment. Uh, Brian Ashmore says, Nick's a stud. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Wait, we got we got here. Uh, Casey McAllister is saying, "Right, that beard game is hot." LOL. <laughs> oh boy, got some some fans there. Well, Nick. let me shout out to Brent's Barber Shop. Tim Gentry, he's the guy to go to. All right. Will you, will you bring me a beer? Uh, whatever you grab. All right. Cody, these questions are for you, and there goes the beers. I can hear them spilling. Yeah, bush in there? That never happened. Maybe not that. Oh long. no! I'll take the unbroken one. It's Open abuse. it slow. All right, Cody. 
These inter- these next questions are just all going to be for you. And Nick, you chime in if you got something you want to say. I mean, Can you mute him. Chime in. Yeah, yeah. We're all we're all good here. There you go. All right. Greg Magnuson, driver of the '54 car, racing at Rockford, sponsored, handing out the beers tonight. So we're going to bring out a Coors Light there. All right, Cody. This is your first time winning a track championship. Did you ever see this happening? And how are you feeling? as a champion. I mean, look at this jacket. Stand up and show everybody. If Greg keeps not, if he quits knocking my beers over, but okay. spin around in the camera. Hey, they want to see the whole figure. Right. There you go. Look at that jacket. Um Cody, did you ever see this happening? No, I've always been known as fuck it around the pits. That was from helping Nick. And it was a lovely nickname I wasn't even responsible for, and everyone just kept saying it. And I'm like, who are they talking about? It's It was me the whole time because of a T-shirt I always wore. So You're, that's that's the reason That's the reason why it's on my car. Bobby referred to me as it. Bennett, everyone knew yeah, me I, by that versus my name. Now I, I'm arm and a toe. I can't but, read that on the mic, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, it all, I was always known as helping Nick win championships. And when he gave me the opportunity to jump in the orange and black car, I was like, sure, let's do it. Well, that was a mess. That year turned out pretty decent, and this year I was like, I want good equipment. I'm going to go over everything, do all the little details, spend all the money, 100 bucks, according to the wife, and uh, just never expected to actually win a race, let alone a championship. My first feature, I was like in shock. I didn't know what to say when you interviewed me, but it was definitely something I won't forget. (laughs) Yeah, he broke my back bumper. I think it says ain't boat. cheating or something yeah. like that, right? What yeah. does it say exactly? Well, as soon as you start winning races at Rockford Speedway, you're automatically a cheater. Because <laughs> really? no, no, nobody wins a race and makes it through tech. That's unheard of. So okay. I had to put ain't cheating just because I ain't cheating. So how are you feeling as a champion now? You're a champion, man. What's a, it feel like? It's a pretty good feeling, but at the same time, it's like nerve-wracking for next year because now I got, as Bennett would say, a title to defend. Like there I got go. shoes to live up to. Now, I'm not the random pit crew guy that's driving a car now. All right. Uh, Cody, when did you start racing, and how old were you? Um, As far as driving the car or getting getting involved? Racing it, driving it. It would have been two years ago when I had the orange and black car that was... Your champion two years later, my God. And that was, I only raced figure eight in that, and when money was tight, I'd go out and run a few laps on the bottom and get in the way. Usually heard Steve yelling, get to the bottom, you're in the way, they're coming. I was I was the bottom of the track guy, never even finished a race on the lead lap. How old were you when you started two years ago? 23. Okay. What made you decide in racing in, in, in bandits? What what was the decision on that? Uh, Nick had the Integra, and he traded his in a, a sixer car. I don't remember what it was. It was a Monte Carlo the, for an Escort that was sitting in a storage unit. And okay. He's like, hey, let's build a race car. Opening night's three weeks away. So I drove it from the storage unit to his house and started breaking the windows and taking the interior out at 2 o'clock in the morning. And in a little under two weeks, it was going to paint. Is, is there coffee involved or energy drinks or just beer? A whole lot of stupidity. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Cody, do you have any, did you have any family members that, that have ever raced before? Not in my family, but my family members have been involved over the years at the track with a few different drivers. I'd. It's like distant aunts and uncles. I don't really recall okay. drivers or who they help, but okay. Um, 
Now, this last season, you chose the Dick Trickle Purple Knight Throwback Paint Scheme, which um, here here's a sticker that I, I got in uh, lacrosse and Oktoberfest. See that there? And I thought, who else better to give it to than Cody Armado with the Dick Trickle Throwback? But um, is Dick Trickle your favorite driver? Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a short track legend, and, you know, I've – helped Nick quite a few years and his cousins the Robinsons are huge Dick Trickle fans and I've always been a huge Dick Trickle fan so I've always cheered them on and I figured well I got a nice car I went over everything I got nice equipment who who painted the car and put the graphics on it and uh, my grandpa he actually used to own a body shop and he's kind of your been, grandpa did that yep and, the uh, numbers and everything the numbers uh are from Bobby Bobby okay. always does my vinyl he always has since I started racing and I told him, I showed my grandpa a picture on my phone, and I said, let's make this. And he paints machinery for it now. So for him to paint a race car, we did it in the alley outside a garage. No paint wow. booth, no nothing, just in the alley on the west side of Rockford. How much do you think you had spent in paint and, and graphics? A couple hundred, mm, 400 probably, bucks? Probably about 500 bucks. Total. 500 bucks, okay. Yeah. That's a real pretty purple well, that you had. I also painted it like four times through the season. so Yeah, it, it got beat up a few times, yeah, didn't it, Cody? It happens. <laughs> um, okay, so so last season you ran both the Bandits and the Bandit figure eight. Did you ever worry about hitting another car in the X? No, I pretty much ran Bandit figure eight just because – the field was low. They needed cars. And my were, with my were setup. You scared? No, I raced it before the year before with Nick, and he pretty much just told me hold it to the floor, watch the other guy. So, I mean, there's times where me and Nick have crossed like the night there was only two cars. Hey, hang on, hand it over to him. What do you mean, hold it to the floor? Don't you got to let up in the turns? Well, so there's different drivers when it comes to figure eight. There's people that are going to go out there and lift because they just want to drive around. They don't want to wreck. They're scared. There's the people that are going to go out and, oh, I'm fearless. I'm just going to go out and hit somebody. Well, you know, that's not what figure eight is. So what I mean by that when I say stay in it, mm-hmm. the odds of you getting in a wreck are honestly lower than oval. I think the highest percent of chance that you're going to wreck is when you lift because it's all about timing. So if you miss that timing by that split second that you take your foot off the gas and get back in it, that could be the reason you wrecked. So just trust your instinct and watch across the track. Watch the other car. Okay. Good. All right. Um. There has been times me and Nick try to intentionally bump each other in the X. First night, if I remember it, because there was only three cars on the three track. three cars. One yeah. pulled <laughs> off, and I, I fell. I purposely fell back and waited to make the timing a little closer because I was trying to – Well, you know, it was like a free practice with in, uh-huh. in real time. So I was like, let's see how close I can get to him. What I didn't know is he was aiming for me too, and we ended up like an inch apart in the X <laughs> yeah, with two cars. It, you made it exciting for me as the announcer and for all the fans because – as a driver, no, you don't want to hit. But as a fan, oh, you want to see him hit. <laughs> and at the end of the night, I got to thinking about it. That would have been both my cars out at the same time. That's. I don't think you'd be that sitting here with. That would have been calling in sick to work the next day. Yeah, I don't think you'd be track champion if that would have happened there, Cody. What do you think? The fans would have liked it. Yeah. Um, You were racing the night that legendary Garrison Jeske and Mikey Mahurin hit in the X. Did that scare you at all when you seen that happen? Well, actually, I I kind of flew off the track right as it happened. I was coming out of, I was going into turn four, and with my oval set up in my car, if I turn to make that right-hander, mm-hmm. my right front CV axle pops out. It does not stay in because the camber is too much. Okay. So I went to turn right. My axle popped out, locked my steering straight because the axle bound up against the strut. So I actually flew up the 
I flew off the track up the ramp we enter on, and as I'm in the air, I see Steve-O just standing there in front of my car. I thought I was going to squish him. But he dove out of the way. I landed in the pits, and as soon as I landed in the pits and everyone come running over, I heard him hit. So I actually didn't get to see it. I was hunting Steve-O. <laughs> he won't stand there no more. All right. I, I'm reading a comment, and it's just it almost stopped me dead in my tracks. I don't know what this is referring to, Nick. Maybe you do. Uh-oh. Nick likes slow-cooked turkey. That is Justin Tyler. Great (laughs) guess. He didn't even see it. He knew. (laughs) And then Josh Searing says turkey juice. (laughs) The one time I let Justin Tyler ride my Cadillac, I drove him to Bobby Frisch's for Thanksgiving. We put a turkey in the trunk of my car. Bobby asked him if he took all the juices out. Okay. He said yes. The lighter detected, or lighted, (laughs) the machine determined it was a lie. And there was juice everywhere, and the guy had to, like, pretty much detail my trunk out in Bobby's freaking driveway. Oh, no. He never got a ride in it again. Now, I've never heard a race car driver talk about turkey juice before. <laughs> okay. Cody, back to you. Cody, there's plenty of head games in the Bandit series with the breakout rule. That's 16-4 flat. Do you think about your time when you're racing? And is there a strategy not to break out? I mean, you definitely get the, the feel to where you're at just by when you're lifting and how hard you're driving it in. But the only time it's really a mind game is when you're leading and you look back and you're quarter of the straightaway away from the pack, you're thinking in your head, what am I running? Am I on the edge or are they just going slower? Like there was one night I had almost a half a straightaway lead on the field and I was every lap I was lifting a little sooner and a little sooner because <laughs> I thought I was just getting ready to hit the breakout, but I was actually like a 16-6 the whole time. They were just tied up with each other, letting yeah. me get away. So, wow! I mean, there it's, it's tons of head games. Anytime you're in the lead and Garrett comes hunting up the bottom, you're like, oh, either we're both running fours or he's about to break out again. Is, there, is that and, breakout Garrett Braden you're referring to? Oh yeah, to? yeah. Me and yeah. me and Garrett park next to each other all season long. He's yes. nice enough to let me park in his extra stall, and he's a pretty good guy. He just needs to learn learn how to lift and not push it so hard. <laughs> yeah, he can't he, pass everybody in one lap. I think Sean Bauer's got the record, but Braden's not far behind nope. him, that's for sure. Um, now, I've seen one driver try to get another driver to break out by speeding up, then slowing down right before the start-finish line. Have you ever done that to anyone before, like to Braden? Did you ever try to, like, fake him out or Eric Pearson or Stefan Hillary or maybe Todd Snow? No, I've never really been in a situation where I was intentionally trying to get someone to break out. I mean, there was a, there was a race where it came down to last lap, last corner. I needed a spot, and I kind of floated up into Mike Gazelle a little bit, and it made for a good finish. I ended up getting him for second, and he got third. But we talked after the race, and it was just a racing incident. No damage to either car, just a little bump and run. Okay. I might have learned from somebody. Now I got a fun question for you, Cody. Uh-oh. Fans love rivalries, Cody, as we all know. Is there a rivalry, and be honest, is there a rivalry between you and Bart Brockman? I mean, there's always been rivals at the track. You're going to get that no matter what class you're in, who you're racing for, who you're racing Mm -hmm. with. But I mean, from the get-go, me and Bart kind of, we weren't like buddies, but we weren't enemies. I mean, we both raced bandits. We both had escorts and, well... Nick, sometimes he'll rough up Richie for a win, you know, here and there, and that's Bart's driver. So I was Nick's guy, so I, it kind of floated over onto me with Richie and Bart and me and Nick. It was like the two versus the two, you know. And okay. 
Oh, there was an incident where... Like teammates, like NASCAR we got going yeah. on here, okay. There was an incident where Nick kind of roughed up Richie after a race, and I'm just minding my own business, go to pull off the track to go put my car on the trailer, and next thing I know, I got a guy at my window net yelling at me, and I'm all I kept saying was, I'm not Nick, I'm not Nick, because he just, that's all he was saying is, Nick this and that, and he's just screaming and spitting in my face, and I'm just He, he thought you were Nick. Yeah, he thought I was Nick, and in oh. my head, I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? He doesn't even know his colors. I'm orange, he's yellow. Like, oh. what are you doing? Get away. And here I am strapped in a car, you know, I'm just sitting there, and finally, he's like, oh, sorry, I thought you were Nick. And in my head, I'm like, well, what's he going to do to Nick when he pulls off? Because Nick's getting his picture taken, you know? What's wrong with this crazy guy? Oh, no. So I go over to my hauler and take the steering wheel off, and... Next thing I know, I see him going after Nick, and there was yeah. a whole pit pit thing, and I, I could hear Nick from the exit, and I was all the way at the other side of the thing yelling at him. And I mean, Cody, we're we're gonna hand the mic to Nick next to to add to this. Keep going though. <laughs> and there was controversy going around about how he reached in and and shook me, but honestly, he was out of line for even approaching a driver like that because there's kids in the pits, there's kids in the stands. They can see that stuff. There's sure. no reason to, to stop and jump in a car that's still trying to get off the track to clear a ramp, and there's no reason to act childish and run up there. I mean, to walk over afterwards, have a civil conversation, there's no reason for tempers to flare. Well, it's not the first time that it's happened. Nick, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> all he's saying is, there, there was an incident between me and Richie, and it, it came down for the win. And uh, I I can't really defend my actions. I just saw first place, and I wanted that more than second. So uh, it happened, and then after I, – I didn't – like he said, I was in the track, so I didn't know what happened. I come in off the track, and I'm surrounded by people. My door is getting kicked. I'm getting – my hood got punched. I'm getting screamed at by three different people. One guy's telling me I almost wrecked him. I never even saw him in the whole race. So – it was uh, one of those nights where the tempers flare, and honestly, get over it. You move on. That's good. I'm, I'm having to. No, nobody's commented. I'm kind of, kind of looking at it here. I'm like, okay, that can't be right. As far as I'm concerned with the whole rival thing, I'm gonna race everybody the same. I'm not gonna take anybody out. I'm not gonna hold grudges. Move on. Race another day. Yeah. What's that, Kobe? It says permission denied. You don't have to. I don't know what's going on there. That's weird. Let me go back to mine here. See if I can. That was really, really weird. Okay. I don't know what was up with that. All right. So. That stuff happens when you invite me and Nick over. <laughs> you know what? Stuff it's, breaks. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's Facebook for you. That's for sure. Uh, let me try. I'm just going to try to pull this up. That's all I'm trying to do right now. There's, uh, let's see. Uh, nope. Just give me one second, everybody. I'm sorry. Okay. Comments. No, I want comments on. Okay. There we go. No, we're the last one I see is how are you guys feeling after last night? Brittany Allen asking you guys how are you feeling after last night? I feel great. I was yes. the designated driver. It's a TT. What happened last night? <laughs> yeah, Cody, do you want some more Mountain Dew? Sure. Greg, can you hook them up, please? Okay, yeah, Cody. I've I've uh, Kobe. I've got I've got Cody Armado. My stepson's name is Kobe. So I, I am gonna get so um you guys, uh, one question here came in. Who who have both of you always wanted to race against? Mikey Mahurin checking in and saying, hey. Mikey, i seen you three times saying, hey. How you doing, buddy? Okay. Uh, what would you say? Who have you always wanted to race against? Richie Bickle? Uh, you know, uh, who, who, who would you say? 
There's a list of them, but if I have to pick one, without a doubt, Jerry Guiley, hands down. Well, he's going to be back this year. And I actually have a dirt car, so if he gets his done, I will. All right. What about you, Cody? Mine's honestly the Frisch Brothers. Racing with Charlie was probably the funnest thing I ever did because I was first year out, and I wrecked his brand-new car. I mean, I was, oh, no. I was I was running the bottom trying to stay out of the way, and Char- I was I guess I wasn't all the way at the bottom, and Charlie yeah. was trying to pass me the inside. Yeah. Well, at the time, Steve said, move down now. So I did. I didn't know Charlie was right there. I put tire marks all down the side of his brand-new Integra, and I felt horrible. <laughs> Go ahead, you Nick. You talk about tempers flaring. I Co- thought Charlie was going to kill Cody's me. first year racing, and you got a, a well-accomplished driver like Charlie. Yeah. He came over to me screaming, who the hell is that kid in that car? He better learn how to drive. He's not a guy that loses his temper, so uh, I think Cody learned real quick <laughs> how you got to drive a car. <laughs> I, I learned, look in the mirror. Charlie's probably already there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Mikey Mahurance as well. They said test. I was just trying to help. <laughs> so there we go. Mikey Mahurance, thanks for trying to help. Okay, um, I'm going to get back to my, my questions here for you. Um, Cody, do you have an issue racing against a certain driver? Be honest. Yep, be honest. I mean, I, I tend to right make... now, 52 people are watching you. Both of you are watching I, us. I, I know a driver that there is an issue with. Well, maybe not like he did, but he had some issues with. Okay. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Your buddy. <laughs> Randall. Oh, yeah, there was huge controversy. Are, with are the, you referring to Randall Sadler? Yeah, Randall. Me and him. He was up here a little bit ago on the screen. We were watching it in the background. Yeah, me and Randall all year. If there was an accident, it was me and him. It wasn't intentional. There was no hard feelings. It's just anytime something happened, Randall was there. I was there. Either way, I always had red paint on my car, and he always took home purple. We actually had each other's rivets stuck in our in our bumpers for the longest time. We just left them there like. We're just going to get another one. Why take it out? But You guys drive the same, would you say? We both were new, and we both were trying to yeah. figure out how to work this track. I mean, okay. one night Randall got under me in, in four and, and actually had me sideways for almost half the straightaway, and I should have floated up, but I ended up going to the infield, spinning out, rolling back into him, and hitting him twice in the same corner, same lap. Randall Sadler checking in, going this here with the sign <laughs> like three times. I so. still got his rivet stuck in my board at work. <laughs> like, I mean, it was... That ended up being a door and a quarter panel and a whole bunch of suspension parts. But we both made it back, so it was cool. I mean, we both were learning. Yeah. I got no hard feelings for him. He's a good guy. Have you ever been intentionally wrecked out that you know of? If you have, please talk about it. No, there was a whole bunch of rumors going around that I thought Randall did it on purpose. But it was plain and simple. He threw it in. He tried going under me, floated up, and we both just went sideways down the straightaway. I mean... It didn't look intentional at first. I thought it was because of the whole me and Eric Pearson battling for the points thing. But once mm-hmm. I got to looking at the video, I was like, no, we both just made mistakes. He thought he was clear. I thought I was clear. And we both ended up in a bad spot. If I remember right, Pearson was leading for a good part of the season. And he broke out one night. And I think that really kind of threw him in the back. And that's when you took over first place in points. And you never gave it up again from that point out. That night, actually, I remember clear as day um it was pearson i was racing and i seen pearson out my right window and all of a sudden i seen pearson go all the way to the top of the track and hit the brakes and i was i was like what is he doing he's we're fighting for a points lead here like why are you hitting your brakes next thing i know he's passing the whole half the field three wide on the bottom like he found a hole he's seen it in the mirror fell back used the hole and went by me so i was like okay this ain't good i gotta go so 
I dropped to the bottom under a restart, and I was the only car that actually took the cone on the bottom and ended up, that was the one I ended up doing Mike for on the last lap. We both floated up, and I got it. But that's the night Pearson, uh, I think he broke out leading the race, and that cost him a lot of points. Yeah. Because I, I was already, you know, fighting for that front of the pack, trying to chase him down because he was the points leader, and I wanted the points lead at that point. And he ended up breaking out and costing him the race, and it really helped me out a lot. For for fans that don't know, and, and and us being in the stands and announcing, does it really matter on lane choice on a restart? It's huge. I mean, if if you got fifteen cars and only only two decide to run the bottom, that moves you up more than three quarters of the field. And if you have mm-hmm. a car that can run the bottom, you have that chance of passing the leader before the first turn. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest mind game: is drive it in as far as you can in turn one and. Hope you can turn at that point. It, it's hard to run that inside, oh, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you always got to worry about floating up and making a pile out of the field. I'm just resetting the uh, Facebook thing here on so I can see what's going on. That's all I'm doing right now, so don't worry. Here we go. Oh, that's not it. Um, I've got more questions here. I'm trying to <laughs> see. Oh, that ain't it. Doggone it! You know I've got to have um, I've got to have some technical difficulties. If I don't, then it just it yeah it just wouldn't be right. <laughs> Let's see where is it at? There we go. All right, there we go. Now we're we're good to go here. Pull up the comments here. Yeah, because we didn't I didn't have any comments coming. Just said people were watching. Okay, so Randall chimed back in and said, "Depends on who is in front, what lane they take." to gotta think if they are gonna go uh irene says just follow nick he can make a hole (laughs) no oh yeah checkers are wreckers (laughs) um okay um let me find out where i'm at here again um cody is is there a race you won that really meant a lot to you i mean it was like the most memorable race you ever had. Maybe it was your first win ever in a feature, or if it was, you know, a, a big event. Um, talk about it. It was uh, honestly kids' night. Really? Uh, my sister had. She's been this this year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. My sister had brought her two kids out and her husband, and my, my mom came out for the first time since like the eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had all kinds of family there that hasn't been in the speedway in twenty years. My dad was there. My stepmom. My sister's kids especially because they, they always know, you know, Uncle Cody's got race cars, but we never get to see him race. So my sister had brought him, and I ended up getting a good starting position. I started on the, the outside, and I think second or third row, and by the time a couple cautions came out, I was leading, and I had like, I think it was eight to go. And I remember looking back, and I think it was Garrett coming for me on the bottom, and it was like Jaws in my helmet, just done, 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 done. Here he comes. Like, look out, it's Garrett. Well, Luckily, he broke out, and I really pulled away from the field, and I, that's when I got everyone by about a quarter of a straightaway, but it was just awesome to win in front of my sister's kids and my mom and my dad, and everyone that comes together to make that car work was actually there to see me win my first feature. My, my favorite part of racing ever was at the end of the night, and you're in the pits, and some little kid comes up to you, and he's got a checkered flag like the one behind me. Or he's got a souvenir program, and he says to you, "Can can I have your autograph?" Or his dad says, "Would you sign it for my son?" 
it's like I look at myself and I'm like, I'm, I'm just a truck driver. I, it, it's, it's, it's so like, it's it, you're not humbling. expecting it. And I actually yeah. topped that. I had a kid come up to me that comes up to me every week. And this kid, he's six or seven years old and he gives me a lot of crap. His name's Hendrix. <laughs> he got his name yeah. down. He huh? come up, he come up to me and said, well, you sign this. And I looked at him and I said, no. And I handed him the marker. I said, you signed my car. And I actually let him put his signature on the back of my bandit, and it's still really? there. Really? Yep. Oh. And, and then he snuck over to Nick's car with a Sharpie and might have wrote on the short tracker. Oh, no. But don't tell Dave. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hendrix is a super fan. I mean, he, he comes to both of us every week. Yeah. I actually gave him a gift bag for Christmas. I gave him a hat, Sweet. a race shirt, I think a couple of pictures, an autograph card. Yeah. So he's going to be a racer someday. I can almost guarantee it. Good deal. Brandon Johnson checking in. I think he was at Bahama Brackets. I think he won that. Yeah, number 18. He says, had a blast running against Nick during Brackets feature until he broke out. He sure had a good front. He sure had, has a good front bumper. That car was in LOL. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that front said. bumper is not good. <laughs> not good at all. Okay. Um. Let's see. Um, Cody, why did you choose number 26 or 26X? Why? Honestly. Was there, was there a different number you actually wanted? No, I just, like I said, I jumped in a car with three weeks till race day, and I was like, I don't even know what numbers are taken. You know, I'm not used to this class. I Next first year in a bandit in a while, and my first year, we're like, I don't know whose number is whose. Well, Nick threw the idea out, hey, let's put 26X up on there. It's one of my dad's old numbers. And I was like, well, I'm not going to turn that down. You know, that's a, with the history behind that. He's going to give me the chance to race for that. Now I don't have, now I can't suck. Like, yeah. I got to live up to big shoes. It's kind of an honor running a 26, number 26. And there is some drama and some enemies that come with the number, but we make who's, it worse. Who's the enemies? People that yell in windows. Ask around. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we cheat, you know, we, we pay off tech, you know, there's all those rumors. Really? Know. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that. But I mean, anybody that wants to compare race cars any day, anytime, park them nose to nose. Let's check everything on each other's cars. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, couple more questions for you. Cody, you own two race cars that I know of. Do you worry about the other driver, uh, Nick Schneider, sitting next to you wrecking the car? Uh, honestly, I'm used to it at this point. I mean, but why did you decide to let him drive it? Because he let he let me. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be out here. If I didn't get my feet in that old rusty orange and black car, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have tried it. I mean, he kind of like pushed me into it. Now okay. it's just repaying the favor. You know, I got an extra car. It's got to be qualified to be a backup car. So if something happens, my car's there and. Why not let them go out and have fun? All right. Would you say you guys are teammates? No, because he, he races everybody the same. There is no, oh, that's my buddy. I'm a, no, Nick, Nick's putting a door on it. You're getting tire marks. He's going by you just like he would if he was, if you were a guy he hated. I mean, there is no friends once you're on the track. It's, it's racing. Uh, a couple more things here, guys. Chris Rombo checking in saying, kids asking for autographs is the best. I actually had two kids ask for mine the last time I was there. So the guy that won Spectacular Drag that raced against you, he had two kids ask for his autograph. Um, Lisa Diane's wanting to know, uh, Nick, would would you be willing to help or give pointers out to the up-and-coming Sixer drivers? Well, without a doubt. I mean, anyone that isn't willing to help out another driver, why are you racing? 
I mean, it's it's a sport and it's a competition, but but there's secrets out there, you know. Well, yeah, but setups. The, <laughs> the thing is, if you go out and win every single week, that's cool. But if you're not beating anyone, it's 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 not the same. Yeah, you want competition. You want to know that you earned it. Sure. Okay. Uh, Cody, I got one more question for you, and then we're getting to Nick's interview. What's your goal for 2021? Do you have any plans to move up in the future? If so, what division? I am going to race 2021 in my same Purple Bandit. I'm going to change a few things up, but I'm going to see. Now people are telling me i got to defend this title, so can't move up now. I'm going to do one more year in Bandits and see what it does. I am getting married this year, so I might have to miss a race here or there, depending on how the schedule falls. Congratulations. Thank you. And if it, if it, I mean, if I have to miss a race, that's a little more important than racing to me. Mm-hmm. In closing, is there anything else you'd like to add or anyone you want to thank, Cody? Uh, just got to thank all the people that helped me on the car. I mean, my dad for putting the motor in, my grandpa for making it look like a nice car every week for the sponsors. My mom, she watches my kid for me while I'm working on the car and racing and try to spend time with the whole family. Uh, my sister, she actually helped me get the backup car from Todd and that turned out to be a championship car. Um, my uh, fiance, Stephanie, I mean, she puts up with the most. I mean, I'm always at my grandpa's working on that car, which is on the other side of town. Uh, Nick's always over at my house driving her crazy. She always <laughs> says, your friends just walk in like they live here. Well, they do. We're racers. Yeah. You know, it's nothing for Nick to walk in, wake up in the morning and he's sitting on the couch watching cartoons. I mean, it's, it's happened plenty of times. <laughs> Hey, like, who doesn't love cartoons? We all have. I mean, I love this the, is the Flintstones. Simpsons. The Simpsons. If, okay, I, if I, I hear the Simpsons, Simpsons, I know not. I know Nick's on the couch. So for everybody tuning in here, we're going a little late because we did cover the highlights of the banquet um, before we started here with the interviews. So, Cody, I appreciate your time, and and I'm going to start interviewing Nick now. Um, and here again, if there's anything you want to add that I ask him, please jump in it's all it always makes it more exciting so uh, i've got some questions for nick here and then we will get to our prize question of the show and wrap things up and let you know who's going to be on the show next week and where we're going to be at nick you and your family have been involved in racing for a long time now how long would you say how long has your family been involved at the rockford speedway the entire family i couldn't tell you um I mean, I'm related to the Frishes, the Robinsons, the Moores, the Sutherlands. I mean, it's it's a big, big family. I mean, some families go camping, some families go fishing. Mine goes racing. Um, my dad started racing actually on dirt out in Iowa in '88. The first where in Iowa? I'd have to go through the scrapbook. Okay, okay. But '89 uh, was his first year officially at Rockford in a car. I'm not saying a full season, but I have a tape from the 1989 uh, all-out figure eight 50 lapper. And he was in some purple, it was like a two-tone purple and white Big Monty. It was number 36. I still don't know whose car that is. But uh, I know that was his first race. So I'd say 88 is when he started, and here we are, 2020, 2021, and, and the Schneiders are still racing. Okay. Um, how many years have you been racing? Last year, 2020, would have been 10 years. I've been racing since 2010, and, well, it's pretty much every year i haven't ran a full season every year but i have at least ran one race every year okay um your dad is a legend at the rockford speedway in both the road runners and the figure eights how many championships did your dad win in the figure eight and how many have you won now you've told me you know that you you keep track of this stuff so 
Where are we at on the record now? Well, my dad owns the record with six. The uh, next one down is Doug the Whopper Buemeyer, which is a legend, and he has five. And figure eight alone, I have four. So I'd, I couldn't tell you the exact, exact list. I could name probably most of them, but I'm tied with a great group of guys that have four, so I really take some pride in that. And if I can get to five someday just to tie the Whopper, that alone would be huge. I mean, it would just be unbelievable. So if you have a chance, do you want to beat your dad's record or tie it? I haven't decided. I'd, I'd love to tie it. Um, right now I don't have a figure eight ride, so I don't even know if I'm going to run this year. Okay. But uh, if I had the chance, I'd love to tie it, and who knows if I could beat it. You never know. You don't know who's going to run. Yeah, very true. Um, you've raced on both. I don't know if everybody knows this, but, Nick, you've raced on both asphalt and dirt. How many seasons did you race dirt on, and, and where did you race dirt at? Where did you race at? Um, well, full-time dirt racing, I ran two years on at Sycamore. I got second in points and fourth in points, I believe. Um, that was the only track I ran full-time. I did run Darlington in 2019 twice and won both nights. How big is Darlington? It's a 3 eighths track, and it's real wide, so long straightaways. Compared to Rockford, Rockford's high bank short track quarter mile. Yeah. And you, you carry speed at Rockford because of the turns. At Darlington, the straightaways are so long and the corners are so wide, you can carry a lot more speed there. What what car did you race on dirt? Was it like the Roadrunner style car? Uh, I've ran both. At Sycamore, I ran my Roadrunner. It was 100% Rockford Roadrunner, but I changed just about everything front to back, including carburetor, control arms, uh, rear end, um, even brake pads. Like, there was that much work I put into it. Okay. Um, what's the difference? This is probably a tough question. What is the difference in racing on dirt and asphalt, and what do you prefer? It depends on which way you want to look at it. Um, dirt, I think, is a lot more work. There's a lot more abuse on the car itself, but the track itself is more forgiving. There's more lanes. You know, the track changes throughout the night, so it makes it for more fun as a driver because if your car is just not on the right setup, you still have a shot to win. You still have a shot to be fast because you can just change up your line and it might work somewhere else. Asphalt, you really have to have that setup close or pray to God you start out front and you can run. Mm -hmm. So as far as favorite... I enjoy dirt a lot, but it's it's a lot more work. And figure eight is always going to have a special place in my heart, so I'd say asphalt. You got to like wash the motor out or something after running dirt. I mean, you get real rocks and stuff in there, don't you? Yeah, you get dirt in places you would never expect. So you pretty much have to pressure wash it every single week. Okay, that probably takes a while to do that too, doesn't it? Yeah, that's why I stopped. <laughs> Neighbors do not like it. Neighbors don't like it. That mud trail don't go way out front. Oh, geez. Okay. Um. Nick, it's the bandits that are now the figure eight cars. How do you feel about the bandits over the Roadrunners? Would you rather see the Roadrunners in the figure eight, or would you do you enjoy the, the bandits that are in there? The bandits are cool because it opens it up a lot. I mean, I don't think they take as much maintenance as a Roadrunner, so the odds of more cars breaking down and not getting to race it from week to week should be higher. But I personally like driving the big cars better in the eight. You can really throw them in and let the ass end just slide around and, you know, maybe catch the fence once in a while. But I think it's better racing in the figure eight with rear wheel drives. Okay. I'm trying to get back online here. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm answering everybody's question here that's coming up. So I'm constantly doing this. I'm sorry. Um, 
Yeah, Robbie. Uh, okay, so I got a yeah. Robbie Ray checking in says the Sycamore legend Nick Schneider. That yeah. legend flies about as far as the dirt off the tires when I leave. <laughs> uh, Rick Conradson saying Nick drives Rockford like he's on dirt. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a hard habit to break. When I came back, the first year on dirt, I ran Rockford on Wednesdays and Sycamore on Saturdays, and it was very difficult to remember that I was on asphalt. Okay. Yeah, Casey McCallish just saying Roadrunner for sure. They'd rather see them on the figure eights. Um, Chris Rambo saying dirt versus asphalt getting into the corners. What's what's better? It, it's going to depend on the track. I mean, if you compare Rockford to Sycamore, I'd yeah. say the bankings are, sign, are sort of similar. Um, dirt's more forgiving. You can you dive in at Rockford, but if your setup can't handle it, you're going to the fence or in another car. Dirt, you can throw it in there sideways and hit that that patch of grip on the clay and it's just going to grab and go. So I think you drive a lot harder on dirt cause it'll, it's more forgiving. All right. Now this one's going to make you a little uncomfortable on your back. This next question. <laughs> um, racing can be dangerous as you know, this all too well in 2020 at the goblin 250 enduro, you raced in the sixer enduro and then you competed in the demolition derby and won it. But you took, one hell of a shot that no one will ever forget. Go back to that day and tell everyone what happened. I know that I got to interview you, and you looked to me like you were in a lot of pain, and you just said, get over here, let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the night before, I was with uh, Austin Nason and some friends at work. We were throwing cars together last minute. Um, went out there and raced, and... Was a little hungover. I was hanging out with Cole Damon and Jeremiah Rychecki in the pits for a while talking about, you know, a game plan and showed up with only two spare tires, you know, last minute. And uh, the race went pretty good, and and I came in and decided, well, I was going to demo. Well, I was going to use Cody's car, but he blew the brake line. So David Prince had driven up to me in another car. I hadn't even asked or looked around for anything. He just pulled up and said, is that the AK-47 car? Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm trying to remember who drives the AK-47. Yeah, Yeah. so he, right. he had pulled right up and, hey, man, you want to wreck my car? Like, who does that? Who just goes up and, <laughs> you want to, like, do I really wreck people that much? Yep. Because if so, well, keep pulling your cars up. I'll junk them, you know, whatever. So uh, <laughs> I told him, yeah, I got in it, went out there, and, and honestly, I mean, everyone right off the bat was hitting hard. I mean, it was a good demo. Yes, it was. <laughs> and it came down to being one other guy, and uh, I had turned around. You know, every time you, you throw it in reverse, you turn around and look. Well, I could barely see out the window, and the seats were still in this car. So I couldn't tell how close it was coming in. Because uh-huh. every time I turned around, I just saw the, the black seats. I didn't notice it was getting closer. Okay. Well, it came down to me and one other guy, and I said, all right, this will be my last hit because the back bumper was under the frame. So the tires weren't even touching the ground. I was sliding around. I couldn't steer or anything. Well, I said, all right, last, last shot I'm doing, I put it to the floorboard. We hit, and instantly I felt I, – I had honestly thought the guy drove through my car and his bumper went into my back. It was I, that bad. I have pictures that I took on my phone because I got to go down there, and I, I took some great pictures. But, man, that shot, that was like – that was the money shot. I mean, that was – you can you watch. You hit so hard. You can watch the rear tire move like two to three feet forward when we hit, uh-huh. and everyone seems to think that the back seat is what broke my back because it went through the seat. But what you don't understand is, in a four-door car, that bench seat is sitting on a tabletop of metal, and what had happened is that metal had folded into a point like an arrow, and that metal went through the seat and into my spine. <laughs> 
Okay, so, so it was metal on bone. Well, you're going to tell everybody what had happened. I mean, people know, but people that don't know, like, so, I mean, you got out and you were in a lot of pain. You had to have help getting out of the car, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I mean, did, did you immediately feel like some serious pain or well, when you took that shot? Did yeah. it kind of knock you out? No, it knocked the wind out of me worse than anything. And I've, I've been in a bunch of wrecks that have knocked the wind out of me. I think I've yeah. actually been knocked out before. But uh, it was one of those things where it's such a serious injury that you can feel. Like the second you feel it, you know that something's really wrong. But I was convinced it was temporary. So I kept joking about, you know, give me a beer. And, and then mm-hmm. they pulled me out of the car and I couldn't move my legs at all because of how bad the pain in my back was. And I could barely feel them because of just everything going on, the adrenaline and stuff. And the longer I sat there, the worse it was getting. So I, I started to worry, but at the same time, I was convinced, you know, like, you can't get hurt, you know. It, it's it's going to fade. It'll be fine. And turns out it's a, a fractured L3 and L4, which I guess is kind of important because when I got to the ER, and not a lot of people know this, I had to have a nurse who was younger than me take my pants off because I couldn't <laughs> do it. And I didn't get her number. <laughs> And you had to pay for it. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> um, I I remember the picture though that you you took in the hospital and and it was kind of the letting everybody know that you were okay. And it was the you know I think it was this year or you did something yeah, like just, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did that. Um, I got a few people that said some comments here on this. Um, <laughs> Stephen Blake says you could see from the stands you were hurt right away. Uh, right when the hit happened. Uh, Amy Brewer saying, I was so glad I wasn't there to see it. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's what I got so far. Um, I got a few more questions here. Nick, did you ever have any rivalries in racing? Well, I'm sure if you ask around, I had plenty. But as far as any that phased me or bothered me, yeah, uh, for sure one on dirt. Mike Nelms. Um, it's not that I didn't that's, like the now guy. Now, that's Josh Nelms' dad, right? Yeah, okay. Yep. Long-time dirt racer. Really, really fast guy. He's yeah. always got top-notch equipment. And, uh, well, I'll just say he he races you like you race him. I ran him a little rough because I was new and I, I was the slower car. And sometimes you got to use the car a little bit if you want to win. Yeah. So he gave it back. And a lot of the rivalry I, I, I had with him wasn't just – him it wasn't that he was beating me it was i didn't agree with some of the things on his car or that he was doing but the track allowed it it was more of a gray area in my opinion but down there it was okay where like at our track gray areas are a no-no so Mm -hmm. it was more of a disagreement i think and just hard racing you know if you butt heads with a guy for the win every single week there's gonna be a rivalry nick have you ever been booed before weekly well, how many times a night? <laughs> is is there a fan in the stands that when you hear him boo, you know who it is? I mean, is there Sometimes. is there the, you is there some people out there that you know for sure that well, by, they really don't like you? By now at Rockford, you pretty much have everyone's section in the stands down. So when you hear it coming from that section, you know who it is. We can hear you. <laughs> um, have you ever been intentionally taken out during a race? Oh, yeah. Actually, it happened uh, two years in a row now by the same guy, and uh, I still beat him both nights. Please tell. Come on. Who is it? Charles Shork, if you're listening, you suck. 
<laughs> Charlie, Charlie Shark, okay. He, he took you out, huh? He yeah. failed that spinning. It's thing. on camera from the infield. Okay. He blocked me the whole entire figure eight, which is fine. Again, if you have the slower car, do what you got to do. But when I get a good run down the hill, I'm side by side with you, driving past you, and you right rear me, spin me through the infield. What do you? How are you going to try and deny you didn't do that? And then when someone asks you and you say you did do it, why? Because I was going to beat you. I have never right reared someone down a straightaway in my entire life. Yeah. So people say I wreck people, but I have never done something like that. Sure. Um, Nick, was there was there a race you won? I'm going to move past the booing now. Um, <laughs> Doesn't bother me. <laughs> I, I, it was fun. I, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Charles Shark to uh, get on here now. <laughs> um, was there a race you won that it meant to you more than any other time? If so, what was it? Honestly, I've had a, quite a few wins that meant quite a bit. It, it's hard to narrow it down. Um, Probably the short track, I'd have to say my first win in that was probably the biggest because whenever you lose someone, it, it's, for me personally, it's really hard to get past that. It's hard to put the helmet on and, and not think of that. And for Les, you know, he's he's a legend. He's an icon. He's the longest car owner in history there. So to be able to take that car out that so many other people have won and people I look up to, and to actually accomplish that in my first year was just above and beyond. I was the first rookie to win this year. Did so, he come and... Did he come and seek you out, or did Dave Wagner come seek you out to drive that car? Actually, no. Bobby Frisch got a hold of me. He knew the car was sitting, and I I wasn't going to race. So Bobby had come up to me and said, you know what? I think this is your style of driving. I, I think you would do good in this. You know, let's let's go talk to Les. This was the week after I won Bahama Brackets in the 4A. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just sat down with Les, started talking, and he said, all right, I'll give you a shot, just like that. I mean, it, I, I didn't think he even would. Wow. Uh, Mikey Mahern saying that was Toby Brewer, Gibby's Brewer's son. That was in the demo. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then Brittany Allen says, that's me, cheater. <laughs> Robbie Ray saying brackets. Um, What does it feel like to win a feature and pull into victory lane? What, what's that like? I know it feels like to interview the winner, but I don't know what it feels like to win a feature. What does it feel like? It's... It's an honor, honestly. I mean, I, I've won quite a few races, and people don't you know, put into perspective how much I still care about winning. It's not just because I want to beat everybody else. I was a fan in the stands. I worked on many different guys' cars without knowing them, without going to the track for them. Someone would fly off the track with a flat. I'm 13 years old, running to that car, changing it for a guy. Steve McBride ran Hornets, rolled his car in a feature, came in with a flat tire. He had no crew at all. He climbed out of his car. I dropped my pop can or pop bottle or whatever in the pits, sprinted to his car, told him to get back in. I changed it for him, and he finished the race after rolling his car. Wow, I got a question that just came in for you. Robbie Ray's asking, how did the 4A bracket win for you? How did that feel to win that? That was huge. It's definitely one of my top wins. And it wouldn't matter what bracket. Just being at Bahamas, again, it's it's a huge race. People all over the country, different tracks, different cars. I mean, you're racing some really badass equipment out there. So mm-hmm. to win at Bahamas is is huge. That's it's it's up there on my list. Um, on Bahamas, I mean, it's you really want to do as good as you possibly can qualifying. That is everything, isn't that? 
Yeah, especially for the B bracket or like the top brackets where they have the set time. Yeah. I had actually, people don't know this, I ran three cars at brackets and in the short tracker, I turned over 500 laps at brackets because we had that rain delay. And I went out there from the second they said, come dry the track to the time they told people to pull off. I did every single lap. And in practice on Friday night, I hit a perfect time, two laps in a row. And the time I qualified on Sunday, which was three one thousandths off a perfect time, I qualified. That I ran that same lap in practice right after a perfect time. Wow. So I was super consistent. That, that's really good, definitely. I mean, you're hitting your marks, everything you want to do then. Um, where did the name Wild Child come from? You uh, come from? Who, who gave you that name, and did your dad ever have a nickname? Yeah, my dad had a few. Um, I got the nickname from the former announcer, Eric. I don't really remember why. It might have just been because I would shoot some sparks while leading a race, you know, bouncing off the wall, maybe running a little too high, or maybe taking chances other people wouldn't have, or maybe it was off the track. Some people have to say I'm a short fuse. I think I'm pretty calm. <laughs> so was Todd Snow. Chris Page checking in saying, when I won my feature, it felt great. Wish I could have gotten an interview. <laughs> um, that may have been the night that they did away with interviews. I don't know. Or it could have been my stupid own fault just being a rookie at interviews announcing. Interviews are awesome. Yeah, I, I love interviewing you guys. That's for sure. Um, Casey McAllister saying, brackets with the header, headers out of the hood was sweet. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Um, how many different divisions have you raced in? I have raced... Every single male division you can run from the very bottom, which would be Hornets or Sixers, mm -hmm. except, well, excluding traveling cars like Legends, Super Cups. I've raced every weekly car up to a short tracker, but I've driven everything except a late model. I've never raced a sportsman, but I have driven one. So, no, nah, I just hot lapped. It was Terrence's and car. What tracks? Let's name them all off. Where have you all raced at? What's the farthest place you've ever raced at? The farthest is Indy. It was like seven hours. That, and that's the speed room, right? Yep. That's that place where they do that um, world famous, is it a three-hour figure yep. eight? Three hours. There's no laps. It's just an endurance race. But these aren't enduro cars. You, these, these are super late model winged figure eight cars. Did you race that race? I ran my Integra. It was a, my car okay. was a bandit. Okay. Some people call it a short tracker. Yeah. Just 10 years ago it was with stock parts. Okay. I took it out there and raced basically short trackers. So it was, that's my furthest track, but I've been to uh, the Indianapolis Speedrome, Sycamore, Rockford, Madison, Columbus, uh, Slinger, Darlington. Um, I think one more. That might be it. No, I never ran Grundy. Okay. I planned on it, but it rained out. Um, what's the biggest race you ever won out of all of them? The biggest would probably have to be, well, I always really took pride in the 50-lap figure eight, the all-out 500-to-win <laughs> one. Don't talk about that. Lost one the hard way, won okay. one the next year. But brackets, is it's a pretty big race. So oval, brackets, figure eight, the all-out 50. Okay. Um, do you have plans in the future to race a sportsman or a late model? I actually have a sportsman. I bought one after breaking my back. Ouch. And, uh, I plan on hopefully having it out for short tracker brackets this year, but it's not really a, a big concern of mine, so maybe next year. Late model, I'll never be able to afford it. And even if someone offered it to me, unless I had a full crew that was experienced, I would never be able to do it. Mm -hmm. I just, it's out of reach. Yeah, it's, you, you've got to have some cash and you've got to have some very good 
crew people to help you work on the car. It's definitely a full-time deal. Um, now, Nick, you finished. I've got just a, just a couple questions left, then we'll get to our question of the day. We still got over 40 people watching. Is that a good following? Thank you all for staying with us here and watching on the extra show that we have here tonight. Uh, you finished in the top five in points in the Miller Lite American Short Trackers for the 2020 season, and you were in contention for the Rookie of the Year but came up a little short. At the banquet last night, you made an announcement that you will be competing in the Miller Lite American Short Trackers this upcoming season. How confident are you feeling right now that you are going to be the 2021 Miller Lite American Short Tracker champion? Um, One to ten confident for a championship maybe a six or seven. I definitely think we're going to be competitive. I'm a lot more comfortable in the car now. Um, we're putting some money into it, fixing it up, upgrading, you know, updating some stuff. So we should be faster. Um, and it's just, it, you, you have to be confident. If you don't go out there confident, you are not going to win. Maybe once, once, or here and there, you might get lucky, but you have to be confident if you want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to figure eights, in my opinion, you are fearless. You are completely fearless. You're not scared of wrecking. And not many can say that. Being fearless gets you wins in the figure eight. Have you ever raced against rock star wrestler Becky before? I have not. But okay. I, I do plan on it. Oh, oh, God, can't wait to see that. I hope we see that in the 2021 season. Also, when you raced at the Indianapolis Speedrome, talk about that that night. I mean, how many cars did you race against there? That's a that's a big place to race there at. Um, I think we had 20 cars or 24, 25 cars. So it was the biggest field I've ever raced with. We actually qualified and we had heat races, which is awesome. You know, it's for the figure eight. Yeah. So nice. instead of it just being a one 10 lap race, 12 lap race or one end of the year, 50 lap race, it, it's like, you know, true figure eight racing. That's what it is out there. What, what kind of, I mean, was it the, the amount of money that you could win that, that really got you wanting to go out there and do that? Or did they pay well just to, just to make the show? Well, they, they didn't pay well to make the show. Okay. I did not make any money because I wrecked both races. But the reason I went out there, it was a, a big childhood dream of mine and my dad's. I mean, figure eight is our blood. That's what we want to do. And Actually, those outlaw figure eight cars came to Rockford once in race, so that's what really got me into it. But since my dad passed away, you know, I'm I'm really trying to spend my time racing, doing stuff that either he never got to do or trying to to match him. And for me, it was just it was important that I did that for me and him. So it was it was huge. It was cool. good. All right, last question, last one of them all. Anything else you'd like to say? Anybody you want to thank? Just, I mean, if I had, 48 people watching right now. And if I had to start thanking people, I'm going to forget people. I, I have so many people that help me. I, I, I couldn't fill this room. Everybody would be elbow to elbow. And <laughs> I don't take that for granted. I do appreciate everyone that's ever helped me along the way, even if we've lost touch or if we're not friends anymore. I will always appreciate the help. And I, I can't take all the credit. You know, I owe it to a lot of people. Like I said, I have a big family. They're all racers. And if you sit down and add up between – Myself, my dad, and the rest of my family, I truly believe our family has the most championships in history at Rockford Speedway, and I'm pretty sure we're close to 30 combined. Maybe, maybe more. Yeah. Um, so, 
Well, I, I definitely know there's a lot of people looking forward to seeing you race in the Miller Lite American Short Trackers. We've got a stout field of cars this year. People coming back, your defending champion's going to, I'm sure he liked the way that felt, so he's going to want to do it again. But, okay, so next on everybody is our prize question of the day, of the show, and it is a, I'm going to open this up so everybody can see it, a $25 gift certificate from Windsor Pizza Parlor, the official pizza of the Rockford Speedway and racing at Rockford. And so what I what I told both Cody and Nick is to choose a number 1 through 20 and not pick the number 13 because we used that question last week. And what number did you guys choose again? Do you remember? 12. Number 12. So here's how it's going to work. The first person that comments the correct answer, let me show you, before I get into this here, uh, Robbie Ray says, I miss Columbus. It's a shame it had to go. Casey McAllister says, hell yeah, the backwards driving truck. Um, Kyle Rush says, how's the sunburn still feeling? Sucks. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's what I have. So, so you, to win this gift certificate, you have to be the first person to comment the answer. And I will turn the gift certificate in tomorrow. I'm going to eat at Jane's Cafe in the morning for breakfast. When I leave there, I'll stop by Windsor Pizza, and you'll be able to claim your prize there. So the question is, here we go. And you guys don't even know the answer either because I even asked you the question. So everybody, once again, the first person that comments is going to win a $25 gift card or gift certificate from Windsor Pizza. I like to drag it out, and everybody's like, come on, just ask already. Okay, the question is, who was the late model track champion in 1973? First person that comments, let's see what you got. 73, who was the late model track champion in 1973? Who's it going to be? Kobe, if you see somebody that shows up there before I do, let me know. Anybody know? 19, everybody's running to get their souvenir programs right now. So without, we won't talk about the answer. Who do you think is going to get it? Who do you First person to answer it. Somebody that's, oh, we already got the answer right now. Stop, everybody. We've got it already. We've got it already. Two questions came in, or two answers came in. Um, I actually wouldn't have known. I would have thought Joe Shear. That would have been my guess, Before but it's you not. Say it, who would you have thought would have got it first? The, who would have got the answer? Out of, who, out of the watchers, who do you think would have got the right answer first? Like, who knows? Kelly, uh, Dana, Dana Lapierre. Yeah, I do. That's yeah. He's pretty good at. It. Okay, everybody, we have. Wait, well, yeah, Daniel Lapierre's already checking and saying Wayne Lindsay. All right, we have the answer, and actually, the first person that guessed was correct. Rick Conradson guessed the correct answer. The correct answer is the question is who was the late model track champion in 1973, and it was Dave Watson. Do you remember Dave Watson, guys? No, here's some of the other answers we had that came in. Uh, uh, we had somebody said Johnny Zegler. Uh, no, John Canals. Uh, Dave Watson, Mikey Mahern went with that too. Joe Shear, Wayne Lensing. Joe's last was 72, Brett McCoy said. So, yeah, 73, Dave Watson was the late model track champion. So, Rick Conradson is our winner of that contest. Rick, you'll stop down to Windsor Pizza Parlor, the official pizza at Rockford Speedway and racing at Rockford tomorrow and pick up your $25 gift card from Windsor Pizza. That could buy you at least two 
Italian beefs and I, you know, or a few beers, or a few beers, or they get their combos. Um, so our guest next week, we're going to be on next week and I'm going to actually do an interview with Steve Blake, the owner of Windsor pizza, because the first time I did an interview with him, we, I mean, it was, the audio was so bad. It was, it was almost as bad as the orange mic when I would, how are you? You remember that? Oh my God. Yeah. It was so frustrating. So you're saying we can expect to see an Italian beef on TV next time. Um, I may actually order that again because that's really, really good. Um, So next Sunday, our guest on the show will be Morgan and Chad Mausehund. We're going to be at Windsor Pizza Parlor. Morgan Mausehund is an HSRA racer, and she's getting ready to go into the United States Army. She signed up. She's going to Fort Leonard Wood, which is where I went. Good for Yeah, definitely. But we're going to... We're going to have Steve Blake on and possibly talk a little bit more about Jimmy A. I'd like to do a special show with just, you know, a tribute to Jimmy A. But right now I'm, I'm booked with a lot of guests right now. So um, I, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to get that to work, but we are going to do a show where we're just going to talk about the life and, and all the years of Jimmy A. I'm, very fortunate to have him very fortunate that I had him on the show and if you look behind us on the wall there by the the, the checkered flag curtain that that piece right there that it's like a eight and a half by 11 I think is what it is it's a personal accomplishments that Jimmy a brought to me and he signed it to me um, and there's a lot of stuff on there and Nick you can see it all um, there's a lot of really good stuff Um he didn't even know he was being indicted into the walk of fame when he did. It was such a great surprise, and we, we saw that video. But um, everybody, once again, thank you all for tuning in. Um, a special thank you to my sponsors. Jimmy A., I miss you. I, I wish you were still here. I, I, I really, really do. Um, all the advice to get this announcing deal going, to get my foot in the door, I couldn't have done it without you. And I pray and think about you all the time. So a special thank you to Jimmy A. A special thank you to Magnuson Landscaping. If you need your driveway plowed or salted, you probably don't now. You probably don't need it now because it's nice outside. And with this nice weather, I'm, I'm thinking racing, man. It's, it's, it's coming. It is. 815-315-7819 for Magnuson Landscaping. Uh, Jane's Cafe, I've got the shirt on. You can see it here. I'll spin around real quick back of it go see them they're in Beloit 121 Dearborn right behind Cornelia Fireworks and Windsor Pizza the official pizza of the Rockford Speedway and racing at Rockford get down there try an Italian beef if you've had one of those try their chicken bacon ranch those are awesome too that's all I've got to say thank you all for tuning in we'll see you here at the Windsor Pizza Parlor next Sunday 6 p.m. take care now say bye Deuces. <laughs> and the word from the pits is two minutes, two minutes. And watch.